Are you looking for senior care for your mom or dad but don't know where to start? Hi, I'm Jen London with The Place for Mom. Nobody knows your parent or loved one better than you, and nobody knows senior living better than the experts at A Place for Mom. They've helped thousands of families find the right place for their mom or dad. I was so glad that I called A Place for Mom. My advisor really listened and was truly my partner in finding senior care for my dad. She went out of her way to get to know him as a person and was always there whenever I had a question. The senior living advisors at A Place for Mom partner with thousands of families every month, listening and offering local knowledge and advice to help find the best senior living communities across the country. And it's a free service. Here's the number. Call A Place for Mom at 1-800-370-2715. There's a place for answers, A Place for Mom. Call today. Call A Place for Mom at 1-800-370-2715. That's 1-800-370-2715. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to Hour 2 of Radio Law Talk. I'm your host, Frederick Penny. If you missed Hour 1, go back to our podcast podcast at radiolawtalk.com you can always join us uh on the air at 855 law radio or not if not you can just call in and tell cal what you think and he can uh, relay it to us again 855 law radio remember this is by far the most exciting entertaining and i'm gonna say even sometimes informative show on radio but you know what seek local counsel don't get don't think we're giving you legal advice we're not you know, we're talking about general topics of law. And you know what? I wouldn't even say what we're saying is right on target. We might be off a little bit here and there. Well, but there is one area in which they can use what we say. So when you're sitting around the dinner table or meeting with family, and eventually someone comes up with that, well, you know, they say, and nobody ever says who, quote, they are, well, you can counter with, all right, well, I, I have an actual source I can cite. It was Radio Law Talk, and they said go. this and this and this. Of course, then somebody will say, well, did Todd say it? Yes, Todd said it. Okay, we stand by our original premise. They trump Todd. So. <laughs> well, then, then, then some of those come back and say, but Denise aff- affirmed it. Oh, well, then it's persuasive authority. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, exactly right. absolutely. Tweet us at Radio Law Talk if you guys know what Twitter is. Um, I'm not quite sure if they do, but it's Twitter. I'm just teasing you. We're... We're all basically our our demographic is all ages, but mainly 45 and up, and we love to, that everybody listens to us. We're going to talk about the Disney family lawsuit. This is so interesting to me. What has happened with the Disney family? There is actually the original Disney daughter. Uh, she was married twice. The first marriage, uh, she had she adopted a daughter, and then the second marriage, she had two children, and there's millions and millions of hundreds of millions of dollars at stake here and she passed away i believe in 93 i gotta look it up but quite some time ago and they still have not received their inheritance they received their inheritance at age 35 40 and 45 
at least most of it, and uh, they're still fighting over it. And it's just amazing what's going on with the Disney family lawsuits. I think you're going to find it fascinating. I, so listen in. There's that. You know, at some point, we got to talk about Lori Laughlin. And what's going on in that case? That's a criminal case. Look, the government is coming after Laughlin. They want her to go to jail for a significant period of time and her husband. And there's been a new development that could. Huge new development. Huge new development. I, I get asked all the time by clients and others about who think that the government is doing something wrong in a normal investigation. What can I do? And the fact is. Not a whole lot if they're following normal investigatory procedures, but there's one area where the government can really face liability. Not just the government, but the individual prosecutors prosecuting the case can face individual liability, and that issue's coming up in Laughlin. And there's, there better be something if the government's doing something improper or unethical. Guess what happens to the other people in normal Joe and Jane Citizen, they get in trouble and go to jail. Does that mean these government officials, if they're doing, I'm not saying they're doing it, do they go, should they go to jail too if they're doing something to harm one of the civilians? I, I think, I think it's a tit for tat. You know, that's, that's what, I, I'm not I saying that fun. is. But, I but, think this one is really fun. Yeah, and then also you've got the Hot Pockets heiress who actually pled guilty to the college scandal recently, and we're going to talk about that because that's rolling in the the Lori Laughlin issue, but maybe Lori Laughlin's standing up for a reason, and it might be interesting. And then we, and then she's not alone. I think there's 11 other other people that are similarly situated for Laughlin that are fighting it. Yeah, and, um, I, and there's going to be two separate trials. Yes, and I think we'll, we'll go through. We have a list here of who's already pled guilty and what what they got out of it, because sometimes they just plead guilty just to get out of. You know, having to go through it and and, and roll the financial the, and, burden and the roll in the dice too. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen, and that's the case we're going to talk about about the 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 tenth court circuit court of appeals uh, issue about uh, women being topless uh, came down in Utah, and this gal tried to use that, and I think she realized it's not going to work in Utah, and she finally pled guilty to something we're going to discuss. That's a hot topic right now. We're going to discuss that. And then we're going to do a case or no case. But 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 I'm telling you, the interesting thing we have to do, talk about is the Disney family lawsuit. Before we do case or no case, I want to go over a couple of quick things with the Disney family lawsuit. And I know that that, that we want to talk about Laughlin. But okay, so Sherry Disney Lund, her name's Sherry uh, Shannon. Shannon Disney Lund is she's the daughter of Walt Disney. Okay, so let, now follow me, those of you out there that have your piece of paper that are going to follow this uh, family tree. Sharon Disney Lund has a is the daughter of Walt Disney. Her first marriage, she adopts a gal by the name of Victoria Disney. Remember that. That's Victoria Disney. That's with her first husband. She doesn't have children. She adopts one. Her second husband, who is uh, uh, Mr. Lund, by the way, who was a real estate developer out of Orlando, was one that helped find the Disney property in Orlando. They have two children, and they're twins. It's Robert... And uh, Michelle. Michelle. So Robert and Michelle. Oh, sorry, Brad. Uh, Brad. Bradford. Bradford Lund. Brad and Michelle are our brother and sister. Okay. Now the second husband passes away, and then the mother passes away. Um, uh, Miss Lund, which Disney Lund, in the 19. Uh, I can't remember where it was. Uh, 1990s of some. Sometime in the 1990s she passed away. I know I wrote it down, but now I can't find my. 
my notes where she passed away. But it was approximately in the 1990. I, I'm thinking 1993. Oh, here it is. Passed away in 1993. So, but as part of this whole deal, there's approximately three to five hundred. I think there's, uh, there's hundreds of millions of dollars. There's four hundred million dollars there to disperse to these kids. But it's interesting what it says. They put she puts trustees in charge, and one of the trustees is one of uh, I think Walt's daughter, sister, or I, I can't remember who the one trustee is, but they're in charge of it and the other trustees, and they don't get it until they're 35, 40, and 45. That's <laughs> the age that they're supposed to receive. That is Brad and his sister, Michelle, receive this money. Got it? Okay. I'm with so you so Brad, far. So far, okay, I have to lay this out. I know it's complicated, but this is – now, Brad is now 50, and he still has not received any money. Again – Follow the flow chart. Yet his supposedly his sister has, and the reason is in these documents and in in the in the basic uh, trust it says that the individual cannot receive the money at 35, 40, or 45 unless they can show maturity and financial ability to manage funds in a prudent and reasonable manner. And for that reason, he still is not receiving a bunch of his money. They're saying. He can't do that. Now, why? I don't know, but but this is what we're going to follow. We're going to follow this and make sure that, uh, that that you understand what his next move is. And it just happened this past week what their next and move the is. And the funny thing is it's actually involving two separate cases in two different states, in Arizona and in California. And the, the fight with the trustees has been in both jurisdictions. For, for a long time. Because the trustees have not paid him his money. And he's saying, hey, I want my money. And it's really interesting what happens because um, Go ahead, tell. his, his sister's saying, no, my brother lacks the capacity. And yet there's been no finding of incompetence. In fact, in the Arizona court, uh, Brad has been found to be competent. So that would mean he would have the maturity financial ability to manage his funds in a prudent and reasonable manner. But in the California case, the judge decided to appoint sua sponte, which means just on its own accord, a guardian ad litem, and that's what Brad is complaining of. He's upset because guess what? Not only is he upset about that, because now guardian ad litem means someone's in charge of him because he can't take care of himself. Correct. So we're going to be back. We're going to talk a little more about this, and then Lori Laughlin. There's a lot more Radio Law Talk coming up right here on your favorite radio station. Lots of folks calling in asking questions today, but we're going to do our best to get to everything on the agenda, and you won't want to miss a second of it. That's Radio Law Talk right here don't go away. You'll be sorry you missed it. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. 
This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. All right, guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo. But first, can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is? All right, then. Well, uh, Denise, you go ahead. Non uti consilius me oriere por questus purpurium juris consult. Latin, that's a nice touch. Thank you, Denise. Next time we'll try it in English, if that's okay. Fred, how about you? Cal, I don't want to read all this. Can we just tell the people that we're discussing general legal issues and they should hire their own attorney instead of relying on what we have to say here? Well, we could, I guess. Uh, uh, Chris? I'm not going to be there anyway. Why have me do it? Let's Let's have Todd Todd do it. Me? Read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. <clears throat> the information you hear on Radio Law Talk is generally... The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice, contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from your friends at Radio Law Talk. Be sure to read our disclaimers on radiolawtalk.com as well. I knew I had a problem, but I didn't know what to do about it. I tried counting calories, I took pills, eating and eating, and then more eating. I really wanted to stop, but nothing could make me stop. At one point, it was so bad that I just felt like giving up. I felt so alone. Like nobody else could possibly understand. We understand. We're Overeaters Anonymous, and we have helped thousands of people just like you. People who want to stop their compulsive eating and start living a healthy, rewarding life. Overeaters Anonymous, help me get my life back. Now I eat in a way that's healthy and good for me. I never realized what I was missing out on. With OA, I am living again and loving it. Start living the life you deserve with help from Overeaters Anonymous. Find us on the web at OA.org. Listening to RadioLawTalk.com, and now back to your host Frederick Penny. So we were talking about the family tree and the Disney matter, but a caller called in really quickly and had a quick issue that uh, obviously remember we cannot give legal advice over the air or at any time. But what was well, it was an interesting question. It's a gentleman who got busted for simple possession of marijuana in Missouri. And he wants to become a truck driver and go over interstate lines with that. And, of course, there's a, a lot of concerns about that because we all know 
that state and federal laws are conflicting. How do you? How does that stuff resolve itself, or can it ever move to Colorado? No, just <laughs> yes, Texas, yes, or yes. Texas, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> California, right? Todd, well, you had a quick comment. Yeah. Well, the first thing is that as it relates to truck drivers' licenses and the, and what you can do, especially if you're hauling cross country, that's all governed by federal law. So the first thing I would say is you need to hire an attorney in the jurisdiction where you got the offense. Hire an attorney that understands both the local law and the federal law. And there are attorneys out there that will advertise that they uh, are familiar with trucking companies and, and, and hauling. The other thing to remember is even though there are a lot of states that have legalized marijuana, it still remains illegal on the federal level. That has been the debate the entire time. So just because it's legal in a state here or a state there... The federal government still views it as illegal, and the federal government is still the agency that governs your license for interstate trucking. So recommendation, hire an attorney that understands those nuances of the law. Because it can get awfully tricky. Just yeah, that to figure does. That stuff out. Yeah. And that's why I'm a, I'm a proponent. Some people kind of gen, do general practice, and you can have a general practice so long as you study up on things and understand them. But try to find someone that kind of their genre is in that uh, area. Do, do you ever run into that, Fred, where, where somebody will call you up and they'll have some off-the-wall question that has nothing to do with personal injury? Denise has yeah. nothing to do with family law. But they think, well, you're a lawyer? As if when you went to law school, somehow like the Matrix, they downloaded the entire code into your brain right. and, you, and you are fluent in all of it. And, and you're yeah. like, I, 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 you know, I, you know you just, what you just say to them is listen to Radio Law Talk. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Call in a Radio Law Talk, and then we'll tell you to go, go hire and a lawyer. We'll you, <laughs> then we'll tell you to go hire a lawyer, but we'll get airtime out So of the it. Disney family feud <laughs> that's going on, we're, we, we, we laid out you know, the, the, the history, and now uh, the son, who I, I just don't, I can't, Brad, it just, it's getting nothing. He's 50, and the guy's trying to get this, apparently he's, he's supposed to get a couple hundred million and he still doesn't have I'm 50 years old, and, and Walt is my grandpa, and there's only a few of us left, and I still ain't got nothing. Yeah, that's... <laughs> it, so, it, so the... Den- who's the, making the money, Denise? The ca- well, the lawyers, but... That's exactly <laughs> right. 30 years they've been fighting this thing, man. He's like, what do I get my money? The lawyers... Go ahead, Denise. But the, but the judge determined that he needed to have a guardian ad litem without notice. Temporary. And- well, still, it, I don't yeah. think it matters. I think even a temporary guardian litem, there has to be a burden showing clear and convincing evidence that um, Brad Lund is incompetent. And what Brad Lund is saying, because the judge did this without notice to me, he violated my 14th Amendment, my cr- constitutional right to due process. He um, just, you know, he, he made me, in essence, have the burden to prove that I'm not incompetent. A double negative. Yes, kinda. exactly. Yes. Prove the double negative. Exactly. And that the judge wasn't vested with this type of discretion to put into place a long-term guardian ad litem, and that he had already been found competent in Arizona, which should be binding, right, to, right. on this California court. What's interesting, he's suing the judge in the court. It's not like he's suing he, he's suing the judge. Yeah. Uh, and so it's interesting how this is you know, all starting to play th- out. Th- this is oh, over a what time? Over a measly couple hundred oh, I, million. I know. I, I mean, know. why do you fight over a measly couple hundred mil? You know, I would look at this and I would say, all right, first of all, clearly we're talking about this where it's a couple hundred million dollars and stuff. But if if experience has taught me anything, it's that after a beloved family member passes on. If there is anything of value, 
that their descendants can fight over, they will. <laughs> and so so the only True. thing the only thing that I would take, and I know we don't give advice, I know we don't, but the only thing I would say is if you want your offspring and your family to avoid some of this, don't leave it up to chance. Actually, or a trustee. Or a trustee. Actually, make decisions about where things should go. Don't leave it ambiguous. Don't just yeah. try to figure it out. Or give it away before you go. That's let easy. Know. Yeah. Or let them yeah, know. That's before. easy talk because yeah. you know when you're going to go, right? Yeah, well, you know, in Germany, in <laughs> Germany, that was one of the things they talked about. In Germany, they, uh, they, they don't really allow the inheritance stuff. You don't specify before somebody goes. Come on to the government. So, really? so yeah, that you really have to be careful about uh, passing stuff or leaving stuff, uh, let's see, undesignated right. upon your untimely demise. So to jump. Yes. To jump to Lori Laughlin. Oh. We have been following this scandal of the admission scandal for a long time. Remember, Lori Laughlin is one of the ones that are holding out and saying, I'm not pleading guilty because we did nothing wrong. And her argument from day one is, we gave money to Singer, who was the or- person orchestrating this, to his foundation. We did not intend to bribe anyone. He did his thing, and not us. We had no intent of bribing USC. We just gave them the money to his foundation. He and and he does what he does is his he he helps got kids get in colleges. And by the way, in the city that we're in right now, that we're that we are. Um, uh, uh, transmitting from that individual, Mr. Singer came to a high school of our accountant that's in our office and talked to those kids. Even to my accountant was there and available when he's saying, "I help get you into law uh, into schools." And it was very generic, like I could help him get into schools. I know how the process. I know how to do that. The admissions. Yeah, the mm-hmm. admissions. And so Lori, all along, saying, "That's all we did. We gave money to his foundation. So what?" We didn't know he was taking that money and bribing people and paying right. people off. And they're like, yeah, right. And boy, do we have a bomb that's going to drop. And I know we keep trying to get to it, but we're going to drop a bomb on the government's case where Lori Laughlin is going to argue she should walk. And we'll be right back. More Radio Law Talk is coming right up right here on your favorite radio station, of course, and always on RadioLawTalk.com. So don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to RadioLawTalk.com. If you're trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-296-1252. 
Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com. They have listings of attorneys. If you pay my fee, I'll take your case. This is Radio Law Talk with Frederick Penny. So here's the answer, and I'm going to let Todd and Denise uh, uh, discuss this a little more. And this is kind of down Todd's, uh, Denise and I, It's uh, we, we understand this, but this is down his little road. Uh, there were apparently some personal notes from Rick Singer, the guy that masterminded this whole thing, that basically point to the FBI investigators directing him according, now this is according to Rick Singer's, I mean this is according to Laughlin's lawyers, that directed him to lie and say that Lori Laughlin and others knew about this when they did not. Go but, ahead, Todd. Yes. It's so a, a little bit of back uh, history on this. Back in December of last year, the defense for Lori Laughlin filed a motion in federal court asking the court to order the prosecution to turn over exculpatory evidence pursuant to a a case that criminal attorney, criminal law attorneys know called Brady versus Maryland. In that case, the Supreme Court said that the prosecution has an obligation to turn over to the defense any exculpatory information, whether the defense has asked for it or not, because oftentimes the prosecution will come across it and the defense has no idea it's even there. And obviously the prosecution is not going to want to put on evidence that uh, a defendant is not guilty in their case in chief. So how does this ever come out? And they said, look, court said, you got to turn that over. So this motion was filed. And you have to turn it over like within 30 days of, of discovering it, correct? Yes. You, you have to turn it over pretty quickly. Uh, sometimes under normal discovery, you don't have to turn it over until a certain number of days before trial. But okay. with but with exculpatory evidence. Which means what? Which means evidence that the defendant is not guilty or reasonably or would reasonably lead to the discovery of evidence that the defendant is not guilty. That has to be turned over even before the preliminary hearing, 
which other discovery doesn't necessarily fall under that. So this motion was filed, I think it was argued either in late December, early January along in there. The, the judge ultimately ruled, yeah, you guys have, you, the prosecution, have to turn over this, any exculpatory evidence. And I suspect at this point that the defense had been made aware that there might be these notes out there that Singer had made, that his personal notes of the interviews that he had had with law enforcement, and that those notes might shed some light on what his testimony was what should have been when it was authentic versus what the government was pressuring him to say. So the uh, judge said, you got to turn it over. And they did, and lo and behold, recently, when the defense got this evidence, the notes say, where Singer is saying, they want me to fib. They want me to say that these people... They, the FBI. The, the FBI want me to say that the defendants, Laughlin and others, knew it was a bribe when, in fact, they thought it was go a donation. To right, a to charity. the schools. So, so they want me to say this, and that's in his notes. And so this has now come to light. And the defense, Laughlin, is now saying, hey, we need a continuance of the trial date so we can further investigate this. I don't know if they're going to get it or not because the trial date's not till October. I think a judge could say, I'm not going to continue it right now. You do the best you can, then come back to me like in August or September, and, and we'll see if you need more time at that point. But, but what's interesting is the notes were written to Singer's attorney. Yes. So these are notes that he took after he's interviewed by the FBI, and he's writing to his attorney and literally saying, quote, they further note that the government's desire is to nail one of the defendants at all costs. Close quote. At all costs. At all oh costs. And he's describing the phone conversations as being abusive, and they're ye they, the government, is yelling at him. Now, let's, let's address a couple of issues here, because you said these were notes to the attorney. And I think the first time the Laughlin defense sought these, there was this claim of attorney-client privilege on the part of Singer that—, that they were saying that Singer has attorney-client privilege, so we don't have the we, the government, don't have to turn over these notes because they're covered under the privilege between Singer and his attorney. Okay, couple of issues with that. First, the government cannot claim attorney-client privilege That's on behalf right. of Singer. Absolutely not. Singer has to claim it. That's correct. Two, the minute Singer and his attorney turned the notes over to the government. They waived the privilege as to those notes. But I wanted to be the devil's advocate. It's possible that they got those notes through um, a, a search warrant. It, 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 it's very possible that they actually got it because the notes that were sent to them, it's not real clear if it's emails or if it's handwritten notes and or if it's a combination of, of emails and handwritten notes. But let's remember this, okay? Singer's... Singer hasn't been sentenced yet. Singer hasn't been prosecuted yet. Singer is cooperating with the government under the idea that he is going to get a more favorable sentence or favorable treatment by the government if he cooperates, Ooh, right? I don't like all that stuff. So yeah. he, is, he is cooperating here. If it is shown by these notes that it blows up the case against Lori Laughlin, 
that still does not act as a defense for Singer. If everything goes away because of all of these notes against Laughlin, that leaves Singer as the only bad actor in all of this with zero promise from the government for leniency. And so I could see why Singer might not want these notes coming out, because if the notes come out, my goose is cooked. Because regardless of what Laughlin or her husband or anybody else knew, if 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 I was truly telling them that these things were donations and they were really bribes, I'm still on the hook for it. Yeah, he'd still be guilty of it. Exactly. But it doesn't necessarily breach his agreement with the the immunity portion of his agreement with the government. Or not immunity, but whatever they've got an agreement well, on, I, lesser sentencing would, or whatever. If I was the government, I would say, well, I get that, but when we made this deal with you, why were you writing notes that made us look bad and giving them to your attorney that could later be used against us? They would say that him taking the notes down is. The problem here is it's all dirty pool. Okay, right. It is all right. dirty but pool. The when government's the, an actor too. When the, the government, it's actor. all dirty pool. When the government has evidence of somebody's uh, innocence, and they hide it, they don't turn it over. And look, we're this all, these is are all get, allegations. This is, these are allegations. But if if it was true that the gov- FBI agents were pressuring him to say things that were not true because they wanted to nail the Laughlins and some big fish, that is absolutely wrong. And this is an area where the government actors, not just a government agency, but the individuals prosecuting the case and investigating can face personal liability. And as I told you on the break, I refer you to one Mike Nifong, former district attorney in North Carolina, who held evidence back in that Duke lacrosse case where the exotic dancer claimed she was assaulted by the uh, team lacrosse. members of the lacrosse team. And he suppressed evidence, suppressed DNA evidence. And it turned out that hadn't happened. And he had not given over the evidence. He was disbarred. He you know, lost the job. He was disbarred, sued by the families to the tune of 2 or $3 million, personal liability for messing around with discovery. That's where lawyers get in trouble. Well, you know what? I really want Laughlin to get off on this and to get exonerated. You know why? Because I miss watching her on TV. There you I go. really yeah. miss the Hallmark lot. movies. Just, I love oh, her. The sappiness just isn't that the was same. Wind Hallmark is my favorite. My wife show. loves that show. Oh, Cal, go ahead. I got a I couple comments on this. I was just going to say, you know what they say: the bigger the bust, the bigger the boost, and the more the media, the bigger the bust. Yeah. That's just how yeah. it is. I, I'm gonna. I want to end this with. I want to end it with some quotes. Uh, FBI agents yelled at. Yelled at. Yelled at him. Uh, that told him that the clients who participated in the alleged side door scheme that their payments were bribes. Uh, the government's the only get this is their this is all in their motion. This is uh, Laughlin's motion from their lawyers. The government's desire to nail one of the defendants quote at all costs. They were loud and abusive calls uh, with the agents uh, with Singer. Um, uh, the other thing is another quote is the supplemental discovery produced. Today, and this is Lori Laughlin's lawyer arguing and putting it before the judge, demonstrates the government was simply not being truthful with defendants or the court in the above filings. This motion, and then it concludes saying that government is trying to benefit from withholding information in violation of the obligations, the defendants' constitutional rights, and that's why they wanted to force the trial as quickly as they can, and this is terrible if this is true it's allegations yes this is horrible ladies and gentlemen 
of the jury. <laughs> We're going to be back. We're going to talk a lot about Miss, uh, I don't know, we could talk about uh, Miss Hot Pockets or the the Utah uh, the Utah Hot Lori pockets. Vallow. Yeah. The Lori Vallow case. I know. Hot pockets. We'll be back. We're going to talk about more stuff. More radio lot talk coming up. You have to do your own hot pocket sound effect in your car. Thanks for listening to us. We have much more of the show coming right up, right here. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. I'm going to quick quack car wash, get my car washed, make it quick quack, pretty shiny, sexy, just because I want to don't drive dirty, going to get my car suds at the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack, quickest and the cleanest by far, we're talking three skinny minutes, sitting right in your car, wash a hundred feet of cloth, washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Ford, or Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, quick quack, will spruce her up just like that. You'll be happy looking snappy, you'll be glad you was at the quick quack. Car wash, get on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest quick quack in the local area. Get in your car, get in your truck, get on the road, come visit the dog. Quick quack car wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. I knew I had a problem, but I didn't know what to do about it. I tried counting calories, I took pills, eating and eating, and then more eating. I really wanted to stop, but nothing could make me stop. At one point, it was so bad that I just felt like giving up. I felt so alone like nobody else could possibly understand we understand we're overeaters anonymous and we have helped thousands of people just like you people who want to stop their compulsive eating and start living a healthy rewarding life overeaters anonymous 
help me get my life back. Now I eat in a way that's healthy and good for me. I never realized what I was missing out on. With OA, I am living again and loving it. Start living the life you deserve with help from Overeaters Anonymous. Find us on the web at OA.org. You're listening to Radiolawtalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. Peekaboo. Peekaboo. Smile. Smile, buddy. Come on. Smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. <sighs> yeah. Maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby. I think his gums hurt. Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. No points for you. To Radio Law Talk with your host, Frederick Penny, as I totally hosed that whole deal right you there. You are. I, I, can't, I, I was doing so f- well, and then all of a sudden, kaboom. Who's got the wet noodle going I there? I got all in? excited for, for case or no case. I just yeah, got all excited. Yeah, let's just roll. Let's do it. Everyone wants happens. case or no case. We'll talk about this. Now Hawk it's Hawk. time to play excited. case or no case. All right, let's do it. All right, now case or no case, a battle between a property holder and Chevron Oil. Uh-oh. Niall Cooper had a parcel of land just off the main highway into Evanston, Wyoming, and he leased a one-half-acre parcel to Standard Oil, not Chevron, because, as you know, Chevrons were dealer-owned. Standard Oil stations are owned by the company. So the lease had a flat rate of $500 per month plus 10% of the gross, and the lease was very favorable to Standard Oil. It was a 50-year lease. But then came along the Jimmy Carter energy crunch in the 1970s, mid-1970s. And gasoline went from 25 cents a gallon to a dollar a gallon almost overnight. And Niall Cooper thought he would be rolling around in Chevron's dough. But Chevron paid him at the old 25 cent a gallon gross rate, claiming the energy crisis was short-lived and their margins on gasoline were so poor that the terms were not acceptable at all. And Niall said, not my problem. I'm calling my lawyer. So I'm asking you, Todd Cunin, case or no case? I will say that this is a case. Sounds like something somebody would sue on. I would. Sure. What the heck? Uh, So I'm going to say that (laughs) this is a case and that... He wins because they don't need to say that this is long-lived or short-lived. It's well, what's the market say. So I'm going to say case, and he wins. And Ms. Dirks, what say you? <laughs> what state was this in? This is in Wyoming. Oil country, as you Have know. Have to be in the 70s, right? That's Carter yes. was 70s. Yeah, Carter 70s. was 70s. Yeah. 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 I, first president I voted for. Well, we can't hold that against you. It's too late now. Even <laughs> <laughs> when. Hindsight, hindsight's 2020, right? Exactly. There you go. He was a college student back then. I don't have to pay taxes. Let's vote for him. It works for me. Um, they have standard oil. Okay. It's 500 a month plus 10% of the profits. Then they started selling the oil for how much more per barrel? Went up the well. I don't know about the per barrel. I just know that the gasoline price, the retail price of gasoline, went from about 25 cents to a dollar. 
Remember those days, Cal? I hate to say it, but I was oh, a young crazy. kid. It yeah. was the lines were so long. And yeah, James, I remember that. And James Schlesinger was the energy secretary, and he had a pipe, and, and he did this national interview, yeah. and he said, well, we just want to caution the oil companies that a dollar a gallon would be about a fair price. And I'm sitting there going, why is the guy in the federal government telling an open market how much to charge for gas? It made me crazy. What's crazy, but, though, is uh, the lines. I remember oh, that. Man, yeah. And then you could only, the lines were so long, you had to wait. And Every other yeah. day, you could yes. only buy you yeah, odd you plates. Were odd and even even. Plate. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy time. Was crazy. crazy time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it's got to be weird. So if it's a case, it's got to be he loses. Maybe because the the oil they're pulling out crude and then the oil at the finished end is being sold. So I would say case and he loses. Okay, fair enough, Mr. Penny. What say you? Is this a case I, or a no? I'm case? I'm going all the way loser and stick with my loser friend Todd, because we lose <laughs> every single time together, and Denise always wins. So let's be losers twice. I'm gonna be with loser Todd. I'm following whatever he said. Misery loves company. That's exactly right. The loser dudes are going with it's a case. And what did you even he say? He wins. A he case wins. and he wins. There yes. we go. Okay. Well, that's that's all. Just all it's right. really interesting to me. For those of you who say this was a case, oh, let me see by show of hands. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, oh that's too all bad. of us. <laughs> Not all of us. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you. While the energy crisis messed up a lot of things, like leases based on on revenue and gross, the oil companies had their margins pretty locked in until the energy crisis. But I will tell you this: my uncle Nile never had to sue. That was your uncle. Yeah, rumor is he amended the lease to reflect a larger share of the markup. Just a rumor unconfirmed, but did not have to go to court to do it. There was no case ever found. That was your uncle. Uh-huh. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is case or no case. But I would have given it away if I said where he actually lived, which was Pocatello, Idaho. Oh, <laughs> that's oh yeah. Cal's an Idaho boy. So, so I had to change the. To change and those the of you from Idaho, there are people that listen to us. Get your dog on it. Those stations in the state we're having the biggest problem cracking is Little Idaho. Well, well, Everyone else picks us up. We'll get them. We'll get them. Uh, yeah, I know we will. I told them I'd fly there and just bring them some maybe potato chips. Well, they probably have a lot of those. <laughs> oh, I, is I, that I, what I'm doing wrong? You have to take, I'm bribing them with we potato take chips. We them oranges, and we oh, trade oranges yes. for potato chips. Oh, that's right. They oh. Or in, in some radio stations, you take them a little ganja. <laughs> that ganja. That's in Nevada and Colorado. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, Hot Pockets. Hot Pockets. Okay, did you find it? Did you, okay. Hot Pockets. Hot okay, the heiress of Hot Pockets. I didn't know this. Did you know the heiress of Hot Pockets? This lady, uh, Michelle Janavis, sold her company to Nestle in 2002. Wait for it. Wait for it. Okay, guess, because you guys don't know this. I looked this up. Denise, give me a number. Uh, Hot pockets. How much did she sell to Nestle for? 2002 numbers. And 02, probably $1.8 billion. Cal. For just Hot Pockets just only? Hot, well, it says Hot Pockets. I don't know the... Okay. I'm, and she sold it to Nestle? Nestle in 2002. I, I will say $500 million. 855-LAW-RADIO, 855-LAW-RADIO, or tweet us at Radio Law Talk if you know. Talk. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go $1.2 Okay, let's move on. I'm going to do it at the end. Okay. So, so what happens is she pockets. goes ahead, and she's one of the one of the individuals that, that decided to go ahead, and apparently she's like very philanthropic. Ugh. Philanthropic? Philanthropic. 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 Yes. Yeah. Gives away a lot of money. She gives away a lot of money. She's very (laughs) good, uh, a good person. And apparently, she uh, got caught up in the in the scandal, and uh, basically said uh, 
um, look, I'll, 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 I'll just plead guilty, and she pleads guilty, and uh, is and she go she's uh, for what? Apparently she, you know, the the bribery scandal. So two her, daughter, she oh, got two daughters oh, yeah. into USC apparently, and uh, the judge went on um, the lower end of of what she should be charged with and imposed a two year supervised release and a fine of two hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. And so now here according you go. to the government, they're also saying she got five months in prison. She yeah, did. I, I, yeah, apparently. Yeah, five apparently. months. Now, the sentencing recommendation was 21 months prison, three right. years supervised release, right. fine of 175000 So they, uh, they they added money on the fine, did away with the 250 hours community service. Where all of a sudden, Add the food two, quality yeah, in the prison improved, but breakfast, lunch, and dinner came into pocket. <laughs> oh, there we go. Stop it. Oh, stop. Just so you know, uh, just there's a whole list. Gregory Abbott, one month in prison, one year supervised release. I mean... Uh, Marcy Abbott, one month in prison. James Buckingham, three weeks in prison, one month in prison. They're all so different. One month in prison for Robert Flaxman. Felicity Huffman's got 14 days in prison. And uh, the, the so amazing, got, the amazing yeah. thing with this is the disparity between what the judge is ordering and what the prosecution was seeking. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about Vandermeer. He got, let's see, one day of incarceration, two years supervised relief with six months to be served in home detention. That's what he got. The government wanted a 13-month prison sentence and a year of supervised release. That's ridiculous. Uh, get, you talked about the Abbots, one, let's say one month for each of the parents. The government wanted eight months a for each parent, wow. plus a year of supervised release and a $40,000 fine for each. It's just... 40000 yeah. doesn't seem like much of a fine to me. Well, I mean, but that's, lunch mo- that's lunch money for them. It's but. really connected more to the amount of money they invested in the scheme, I think, because it, it's it's connected. It's like uh, Felicity Huffman, she did $15,000, right? That's and then she had man. a $30,000 fine. And it, but I don't then know, it's the prison it. time that's the issue. And who's the one that got the most prison time? I can't remember. One guy got six months, didn't he? Uh, five months in prison was Michelle. Uh, Toby Janibus. McFarlane. Toby, Toby McFarlane got six months he in got prison. He got six months in prison yeah, that's for McFarlane. Guy. All right, you guys ready for the number? I'm going to do it at the very end. So, um, how do I drag this out for 20 seconds? You know, just, just tell us. It's okay. I, yeah. No, I don't want to tell you because it's a lot of money. Oh, Douglas Hodge got nine months prison. Oh, it was yes. more than 500 million. You raised me three. It's, <laughs> it's All right. <laughs> She got in 2002, and what's the interest on? Over $2 billion. Hot pocket. That's a lot of For a bunch of warmed up stuff inside a pocket. Wow. Good it's like her. a Calazzoni. We're in the wrong business. Well, we're going to be back to third hour. We're going to talk about Lori Vallow. That is... The lady that the, she's not telling where her kids are. Her and her husband moved to Hawaii. Oh boy, yeah. We're gonna—that's uh, an interesting one. We'll be back. Lots more radio law talk is coming up right here, so stay tuned. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.
Ellen Root, the healthcare open enrollment period has ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a healthcare program. Sign up now with Liberty Health Share. As a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, they're not insurance. That means you can sign up at any time of the year. Liberty Health Share is no network. You're free to pick your own doctors, hospitals, providers, and there are no contracts. Starting as low as $199 per month, Liberty Health Share has memberships for singles, couples, and families of any size. I joined. I'm a member. My four children are members. Liberty Health Share saves me $18,000 each year compared to what I was paying for health insurance. Liberty Health Share is a nonprofit ministry. Your money goes towards helping other members with their eligible medical expenses. And in your time of need, other members are there for you. You can feel good knowing you're part of the community of like-minded individuals who understand the importance of people coming together to bear one another's burdens. For more information, call 855-58-LIBERTY, 855-58-LIBERTY, or go to libertyhealthshare.org slash Wayne Root. That's libertyhealthshare.org slash Wayne Root.